0: Good morning. Um, kind of hard not to uh, shed a little tear and I say that. It's just uh, the smile uh, upon Bob's face, and uh, our dear brother, I, I lost his name. Where'd he go? Caleb, thank you. Um, to me tells it all the joy of what it is to see those that the Lord has saved, and uh, the, the, the thrill and the peace and joy that we have in anticipating coming home and being with the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, we won't be able to contain ourselves in a good way. We will just burst forth, and it will probably amaze some of us that we have that kind of ability to worship and love and adore the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, So uh, today I'd like to uh, finish up a bit about heaven. And before I do, uh, I would like to just uh, maybe catch up a little bit on some of the uh, great joy of um, sharing the gospel and uh, I think for those of you that uh, are maybe a little uh, a little apprehensive about how to do it, uh, you know, each of us are, are, are different in our personalities and, in, and the way God has built us. And uh, so uh, for, for some, uh, a certain approach works. For others, that may not work as well. And uh, so this is just an approach that has helped me because basically, I'm pretty much a big chicken, okay? And I don't mind telling you that. I'm a, sorry, I, I want the young people to be able to know that, hey, the Lord gets us. He understands us. And yet, I realize that, uh It's not that I'm looking for an out, I'm looking for God, how can you use me to reach people? And so there's been several individuals that have come along in life that have uh, been a great help to me. One of them, um, I was listening to him uh, talk about uh, how to uh, just build bridges with people. And he said, you know, sometimes we have the idea in our mind and it's not wrong, but we want to get the whole message in one capsulated conversation and we hope and pray they'll come to the Lord. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Lots of people, God has primed and they're ready. And he's put you right there at the right time. And they are ready. They understand their need and uh, they respond to the offer of the gospel the Lord Jesus gives them. Others, you may not necessarily see or understand at the time that uh, you're approaching them and maybe you've got something you want to say, but you're not sure you can get it all out all straight or all the way all the time, and especially when you don't know how they're going to respond. And so what I have found is to be just me And I don't mean that in a self-centered way, but not try to be somebody else. I can learn from others, but to be who God made me to be. And so what I have found helps, it's not always how I go about it, but what I find helps is that uh, I want to leave something with anybody that I can, a little prompt. Prompt. I want to leave them with at least an opportunity if they are even thinking about matters that would touch now and life after death. I want to see if they're they're interested. So sometimes um, I they'll say how how are you doing? And I say I'm doing pretty good, but I'm gonna get a whole lot better. Now, some of you would say, oh, well, that's kind of (laughs) cheesy. Cheesy or not, I'm comfortable with it. And what I'm looking for is their response. Another individual that uh, I have... uh, listened to a couple of times is uh, he'll, uh, he'll go in or be around people that he's known or uh, has worked in a, in a particular place. I, I think a brother got up and shared that uh, uh, he had uh, been in a certain place and had kind of gotten into the groove of, of, of where uh, people were coming and uh, it was a workplace. And before long, it was obvious that there was something unique about him, and it was Christ, and and that, that opened doors. Sometimes that doesn't always work. But he said, what I have found, he says, is sometimes I'll just, uh, if I'm in a conversation, hi, how are you, and, or, or, or good morning, and yes, good morning, how are you? If he hears the how are you, he keys on that, and he says, I'm really actually doing great because I've learned something brand new about God, and it really is amazing. And he waits. And a lot of times you can only imagine people are going, Oh or hmm or okay Or sometimes he says you'd be surprised they say, um, oh and he'll say, yeah, he said, would you like to know what it is that I discovered about God? And he says surprisingly, if you're, if you're just being genuine, he says they'll ask and he says and I'll tell you and then he sometimes he'll say, I've learned, I've been reminded this morning that God is everywhere, and then He looks at the person and says, "What do you think about that?" And so it's 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 sort of a, a process in which we um, it's it, yeah you could say am I scripted? No, because you want to flow, you want to you want to be you, you want to be as much as you possibly can, and let the Lord work through you, but. Uh, be able to make probing statements that are genuine, um, and uh, one of the things that I enjoy telling people is is that uh, uh, you know they'll. I have a lot of people that come up to me and say, "Yeah, boy, you know, I just I laid on a big one last night. Went out, and got high, got drunk, stoned, and all over that stuff." He said, "I'm not feeling too well today." I said, "Oh, wow!" I said, "That's a bummer." He says, "Yeah." You know how it is. And I said, yeah, I used to fight that very same thing. He says, oh, yeah. And and I wait. I I don't like to shove. I just wait and see what their response is. And if they look like they're somewhat interested, I'll tell them, yeah, that was a battle I fought. But I'll tell you something. My life has changed. And and, uh, I don't like to say because I know Jesus Christ. Some of you would say, well, go ahead and say it, John. You got the platform. I want to know, are they tracking? Are they tracking with me? And uh, if, if they're not, I might, uh, I might have a little something I can hand them that will, uh, something they can read a little bit later. Or I might ask another question. Or I might ask the Lord, Lord, would you develop this conversation? If you don't want it developed and it's just not time for this individual, help me to know that. But help me to leave some seed. Don't be afraid to leave seed. And I want to encourage you, don't be afraid to not just leave the seed. And if you feel God's prompting you to give the whole story, give it. What I want to say is, don't be afraid to be a seed sower, and be ready, be ready, just be you, be who you are, um, and I say this, and then I'm, I'm going to kick it into high gear here. When we were, uh, and some of you have heard this story, so thank you for bearing with it again, uh, you could stand up and say, John, not that story, we've heard that one ten times. And I will be quiet, I'll, I'll shift and go to another story. But uh, when we were uh, moved to a new area, and uh, <clears throat> we are were in a neighborhood, and the word got out that this, this guy was sort of a religious person. And uh, this was uh, a neighborhood that, uh, you know, they... Uh, they they, they they, have their own little uh, group and they know everybody. So anybody new on the street that comes in, they... They, they somehow sniff out who you are, what you've been doing, and, and, and why you're there, and so on and so forth. And somehow it got out. So I noticed that when I drive down the street, everybody's in their front yards, you know, doing their thing. When I would drive down the streets, they'd just quietly walk into their house, close the doors, and would stay inside. I had a next-door neighbor. He was really good at it. So when I'd come in the driveway, he would, oh, boy, there's that guy. He'd go in the house. I hadn't even said a word to him except, hi, how are you doing? Long and short of it is is that this went on for quite some time. One day he was over in my part of the yard and we had a pretty steep uh, backyard slope and he was having some soil erosion problems and and, uh, I guess the homeowner that had just moved out, had done some renos in order to sell the house that we bought, and part of that was landscaping to stop the erosion. So he was overlooking at it, and I—I uh, I didn't know he was over there. And I was out. I walked out the front door, and I saw him, and uh, I said, "Hey, Brad, how you doing?" He had a can of beer in one hand, a cigarette in the other. And he went, <laughs> and I thought, "Oh." I said, I didn't, I, I'm, I'm not a patrol agent. And so I walked over and I said, hey, Brad, how you doing? He said, oh, yeah, I'm doing okay. I said, uh, just looking at your, yeah, and, and I knew that cigarette was burning right back there. And I, I didn't tell him to do it. He just, he did it on his own. And so here it is, and uh, he's talking away. And I'm thinking, you know, I used to smoke, and I know, man, that, that thing's going to be burning down. And he, if he doesn't watch it, he's going to be burning his fingers here before too long. And I looked at him, and I said, Brad, I know what you got behind you, buddy. I said, It's okay. <laughs> and so he pulled him back around. And he said, I'm just glad you're my neighbor. I, I didn't say much. You know, you always feel like, oh, I want to I want to get the gospel in. And, and you do. I, I, I just want to say we want to be proactive. But well, we also want to be sensitive and let the Lord build when it's necessary to build. And you guys know those situations when you're in them. The point I wanted to make is he didn't say anything for another three or four months. In where we lived, it was uh, January, and it was 65, 70 degrees, which is just wonderful. And I was out washing my car. And all of a sudden, Brad comes out, and he starts washing his car. And he looks over at me at a distance, and I'm thinking, oh, boy, uh, this is amazing. Usually he goes in. While I'm out here, he's in there. And he yells over, hey, John. I said, yeah, Brad. Has Jesus come yet? I had to get off, off the ground there for a minute, and I thought, well, well, Brad, uh, I, I really don't think so. <laughs> he said, yeah, okay, thanks. I said, hey, you know, I, I don't want to rope you into anything, but if you're interested in, in understanding when Jesus Christ is going to come back, I could, I could show you from the Word of God you, just one time or maybe two times. He said, yeah, I'd love to do that. Started a little study. He came, he brought his wife. They sat down, we studied for two or three weeks. She put her trust in the Lord. They got a call and were transferred to California. She wrote back and told my wife that Brad later had trusted the Lord after he moved to California. That was all the Lord, but just being willing to be open and to be honest And to show individuals that you care, that there's a genuine sense. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I'm just saying that people, um, and and I feel that here, I sense that among you here, is um, you're very real towards people. And, uh, and, And so just little, sometimes little things go an awful long way in helping people confirm sometimes some of the thoughts that they're thinking and god is working that's the wonderful thing about it he's working and uh, it's exciting isn't it to know that we can be tuned and we can ask the lord lord bring me in on your work and and help me be available to what you're doing in people's lives i think he honors those kinds of prayers all right so this morning What we're going to uh, finish up on is uh, what is it going to be like and what's our relationship to the millennial kingdom and to ruling and reigning with Him and the New Jerusalem as well as a little bit about eternity future. So if you would take your Bibles and turn with me to Daniel chapter 7, please. Daniel chapter 7. One of the things that uh, I had desired to uh, establish as we look at these uh, tremendous promises that the Lord is going to give us is the foundational statement as God was revealing to Daniel what was going to be occurring through the major governments of history. And if you're not familiar with this and if this is sort of new for you as a believer, it'd be good to read Daniel uh, the book and maybe ask somebody that understands this book a little bit and uh, they'll help you. Uh, The blessing of this book is, is that Daniel's given a view of the major political powers that are going to exist and these were given at least 500 years Uh, at least for uh, the last four, the one that was in existence at the time is also mentioned, which was the kingdom of Babylon. The point I want to drive at is is that early on, and we'll look at Daniel chapter 7, verse 18, as he's describing these uh, nations, he's also describing that there will be coming kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ that will set aside all the other earthly kingdoms. His kingdom will not be like any of these that are being described by Daniel in the sense of the uh, political kingdom. So that's a statement that the first thousand years of Jesus Christ but it moves past the thousand years and it is an eternal reigning. We'll cover that just a little bit more in detail later. And then if you will, look down in verse 27 another confirmation then the kingdom and dominion, the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people The saints of the most high, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So when we make mention of the fact that his kingdom will be an eternal kingdom and his kingdom is one of dominion, that is a reference to the absolute rule of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only in blessing, not only in governance, not only in the ability to settle issues, but he will also rule with a rod of iron. That means there will be obvious people to know him. He will be a figure known all over the world. No no. No person in that day will go too long without the knowledge of who he is. And if there are those in rebellion to his kingdom, he understands what that is. And we see lawlessness exploding. We see the end result of what happens when uh, the principle of, of the Lord is abandoned, when his care is abandoned. And authority is his care. It's his benefit for every single one of us. When that benefit is abdicated, uh, we go into anarchy. And history has proved it over and over and over again. So his rod of iron will be looked at as a great blessing. And I can't help but think that sometimes uh, a historical sense of even our day no doubt in the millennium as to how God has worked in ages of history. And so for those in the millennial kingdom that are born into it, they're going to understand why it is so wonderful having the Lord Jesus Christ as the ruler of the world. He will not rule despotically. And I think sometimes that's what people may when they hear he will rule with a rod of iron. It's just that his justice will be just, and it will be fair. It won't be distribution and over- suit the situation. and people that will see it will learn from it and honor the Lord and realize that this is God's desire to keep and help mankind live a life that is full of his benefit and blessing, not just in the material sense, but also as it is to know him as fear So one of the things I wanted to state outright is, is that this is a promise made even to Daniel as the children of Israel went into captivity Uh, Again, give or take a few uh, years just on uh, a little bit of uh, desiring to understand the calendar, Uh, right around 597, something like that, B.C. So this was approximately uh, at least 550 years before uh, the Greek Empire came into being, before the Medo-Persian Empire came into being, of course, before the Roman Empire came into being. These were the statements of the Lord that the saints of the Most High would have the kingdom that is the one in which the Lord Jesus Christ will rule and reign. Now, why is this important? And if you'll notice, I want to key on two phrases out of Daniel chapter 7. It is the phrase, but the saints of the Most High. You see that in 18, and you also see it again in verse 27. Now, who are the saints? If we follow the consistent definition of a saint from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, a saint is a holy one. A holy one. As a matter of fact, in Daniel chapter 4, and I'm just going to read this for you, but in Daniel chapter 4, we, we read the words in verse uh, 13... Which goes as follows, and I saw in the visions of my head while on my bed, and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven, and that is a reference to an angel. Those are angels, and they're called holy ones. You'll also notice, and I'm just going to give you these references, but in uh, with respect to the Old Testament believers, they're also referred to as in Psalm 34 and verse 9. Oh, fear you the Lord, O oh, you his saints, holy ones. We know that the apostles during the gospel period, they are going to be ruling and reigning with the Lord Jesus Christ because of a statement out of Matthew. Matthew nineteen twenty eight helps us to understand. You will also sit upon the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. That'll be the kingdom. That'll be part of the millennial kingdom. And that promise that has been made in the all the way through to uh, the day in which the Lord restores Israel, that promise given to Israel will be fulfilled. And they will become the center of the world. And I can't help but wonder if their borders won't expand back to some earlier times in which the borders of Israel included an awful lot of present-day Middle East or a present-day Arab world. You begin to realize that these will be the individuals that will be ruling and reigning with the Lord Jesus Christ. We also know that it will be New Testament believers as well. It will also be the saints that are in the tribulation and that have stood for the Lord Jesus Christ that are pulled out. They will also be reigning. The saints in the tribulation read and find that account in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4. And of course, obviously, one of the most important things that we think about is how is it that the Lord would even want us to be part of his ruling government? And I am always, always I shouldn't say mystified, but confounded in a good way by these statements of the Lord Jesus. And again, I understand this was was a primary directive to the apostles, but it's the spirit behind it. It's the generous spirit of the Lord. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, you and I are kind of thinking, okay, all right, well, I've been told I'm going to rule and reign, so what does that really mean? One of the confirming passages in the New Testament, and we will be turning to a few passages this morning, so I would like to ask that as uh, we do this, you just follow along. I think it's good just to read it, and um, it's okay. If you, if you don't, you can hear it, but uh, you'll know where I'm getting this from. 1 Corinthians chapter... Six And one of the amazing things about that uh, bit of information concerning the matter of judging and who will be in a position of responsibility in a coming day as well as a present day within the confines of the local meeting of the church Well known, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1, dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Now I want to make a bit of a distinction here. There are many ways the word judgment can be translated. That's the secret most of the time rarely, and I say this with caution, rarely does one single word change the translation of a passage of Scripture. Those of you that like to look up the definitions. It's good to do that because it provides maybe a little bit more of a clarity in the original sense. But really, if you pay attention to what the uh, translators have done, Many have done, and I say many, the effort has been to get the thrust of that passage. As the word judgment is, it either means to make a determination between what is right and wrong, to either make a decree, something that is beneficial and carries with it some sense of authority, not their authority or not an individual's authority so much as it would be the authority of the Lord himself. Now the reason why, this, track with me on this because this is going to take a turn and I think it's going to help us at least think a little bit more concretely about what it is you and I are going to be doing that know Jesus Christ in the millennial reign. As we look at this, this is not a matter of condemnation of the lost necessarily to hell. I'll, I'll just simply say that if that's an aspect and a feature that the Lord will allow us to be part of, um, I, obviously none of us would uh, dare um, question him about it, but it just seems very clear from the scriptures that The Lord Jesus Christ is the judge, and especially at the great white throne judgment. No doubt we'll be there, but uh, I believe this is also a reference for matters among believers where they are in fellowship. Also, I believe it's a matter that has a foretaste, a forerunner in the sense of learning about what our responsibilities are going to be in the kingdom. And you can see that. In verse 2, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? So he uses that illustration that among the world, and I believe it's a foreshadow of the millennial reign. And just the terminology that's used here helps us to understand that right now you and I are not necessarily called to be rulers on this planet. I I don't think there's anything wrong with serving. Uh, By the way, I I am very appreciative of our military. I am appreciative of our law enforcement people, all service individuals in government that provide and care for us. That's all part of God's plan, but as far as believers, we're not to try to impose kingdom thinking on the present generation. So just bear that in mind as you read through this passage that with the compilation of other passages in scripture that speak about the involvement of reigning with Christ or ruling with him, we have to take that in to consideration and recognize that that is something very, very uh, much uh, to be looked forward to in the millennial kingdom. Now, as I think about this, and I think about the aspect of why it is that uh, we are to be concerned now with growth, and with the opportunities that God gives us in serving, whatever it may be. And I think sometimes serving is, uh, we tend to think if they're in full-time ministry, they're the only ones serving. And I know most of you understand that, but maybe some of you, you're you're a mom and a dad or a single parent, or you've been given charge of somebody's care, and to you that may seem like, oh... But you know, that that's a stewardship that that somehow has landed in your hands. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, regardless of whatever it is that you've been given to do, that is how you're going to be assessed as a believer is in that responsibility that you had. So you may be just a person that picks up peanut shells, and that's it. And I'm being facetious, you understand that. But the smallest of tasks the Lord takes very, very careful account of. Sometimes I like to pause. They call these dramatical pauses. It's maybe brain matter having a hard time (laughs) catching up. But the point I wanted to say is is that in the sense of what we're doing now, I want to say, don't be surprised at the experiences that all of us are going through now, if but what, this is a learning process and some of the values of it will not come to play in the millennial reign. Some of you are looking at me like, okay, buddy, prove it. <laughs> I don't mean that. I, I, don't, I don't sense any harsh looks. This, I sense some curious looks like, Hmm, how did you get there so quick with that? As you begin to think about uh, rewards, uh, I'm just going to put them up here real quick. A lot of us are familiar with these. Um, And uh, as you can see, I have just brief definitions. You can spend a lot more time. And again, um, just remind all... Yet, those of you that uh, are not aware, these are going to be some of the focal points. I don't believe this is the entirety of how the Lord will reward and honor. These are just the notable ones that we understand. And as we think about things, what the Lord is going to honor is uh, stated in these uh, short summaries, there are, there are details that can be filled in, so don't let this limit you in your thinking. But as you begin to realize faithful endurance, soul winning, looking for Christ's return, we could also say in the sense of looking to Christ, uh, and then a care for fellow believers. And I ask, just simply in this sense, is this just a one-time opportunity that we, we explore and carry out in this time frame and in this time frame only? Or is it possible that part of the ruling that we will have, and I key off of the statement of those that had been given talents, and they were given those talents and one more than the other, and one less than uh, the, the first guy and the second guy. And as they took what they had and they were good, they were good, understanding that all responsibility is a is a call by God. And as they carried out those responsibilities. There's going to be reward for them. Won't there be, in the sense, an opportunity to demonstrate the faithfulness of God as we reign to the millennial population? And you think, as the Lord Jesus rewarded those that had been given those talents, he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over this amount, I will give you ten cities to rule over. And likewise he said to the one that had five, You have been well done, thou good and faithful servant. So there's a hint that there's that possibility that there will be responsibilities. Now someone would say, and I realize I'm I'm painting a large picture here, I know that. We will ultimately wait and see what he has, but it will not surprise me that we will will employ some of the same principles that we're learning now. We will in turn be those that will help those that are coming to maturity or needing guidance and needing understanding because that's all part of and parcel of the rule of the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be farming, there will be production, there will be all types of civilization. I think sometimes in my mind I, I, I have it like, the Lord will come, he'll set up his kingdom, and He <coughs> may be. But we may also be there in a reconstruction aspect, helping people, taking the experiences of this life, and we've walked forward and been responsible with the areas that we've been given, if that won't be something that we use to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ as we rule with him. Now I realize that's a little bit off the track and I'm not trying to say that's an absolute thing. I'm just saying it won't surprise me. The Lord is very purposeful in what he does. As I remember years ago, a dear sister from Australia at a time when I was a young puppy and I was so discouraged because everything was blowing up and falling apart, and you know how it is, you just like this little boy, it ain't going well. And she looked at me and she said, why John, I'll say there, it says your lip is hanging so low you could suck marbles out of a gopher's hole. And I thought, eesh. And then she went on to tell me a little bit about the beauty of what sometimes the Lord allows to happen in our lives in Hebrews chapter 12. Sometimes we look at that chapter and we go, ooh, I don't want to get chastened by the Lord. And I, I agree, you don't want to be chastened, but that is actually a good term. It means to instruct as an adult. And then she quoted that chapter uh, 12 verse 11, and she says, now, therefore, you know, no uh, situation seems uh, joyful for the moment, but grievous. And I was going, yeah, you're right, sister. It is is grievous. And then she says, but oh, they've stopped right there, don't they? I said, yeah, what do you mean they stop right there? This is they don't read the rest of the verse. And I was thinking, yeah, I guess I, what is it? It yields profit, it yields benefit to those that are exercised by it. And she looked at me and she says, you've got to pay attention. The Lord is seeking to get your attention. He's wanting to teach you something. Is there corrective aspects of Romans chapter 12? Yes, But there's also an instructive aspect to Romans, or rather Hebrews chapter 12. So in that sense, just take all those things and and carefully recognize that these may be the very things that God will use to the degree that we've been willing. Uh, He'll honor those efforts. I don't know how that will all play out. But I do believe that we will be and uh, just uh, awestruck at the beauty of this kingdom and our participation in it. I, I can't give you all the details about how it's all going to go, um, and that maybe would uh, move us on a little bit. Uh, to being able to understand. That's why these these situations that we are going through now and the opportunities that we have now are also benefits that are going to be given to us. And I think as you look at Revelation chapter 4 and verse 10, you realize that these these things that God has honored us with, we're going to take that honor and that will be a means by which we worship him will be unable or will not be able rather to lay something at his feet. We will all worship. I think, this, uh, I think of it in this terms. I am looking forward to the day when those that have served and have served under the grace of God will be rewarded. And I think about the reality of it in, in, as, as I prepare in my mind, I want to just be loyal to the Lord. I just want to be a light. I just want to be something that the Lord can use to help people understand that he really does care. How does Jesus look on you to other people? That's my my concern in my own life. How does the Lord Jesus Christ look on me? And, and it's just one of those things that we depend upon the Spirit of God to give us as we grow in our character. So one of the things that, uh, as I think about this uh, from a different perspective, I wanted to now bring to view uh, the heavenly New Jerusalem. And to do that, I'd like to ask if we would now turn to Revelation. Revelation chapter 21 And I just uh, I just want to say there there are probably more commentaries written on Revelation. Maybe there's others that are more numerous, but I I can tell you there's been reams and volumes of commentaries written on Revelation, and uh, it, it is one of the most uh, uh, studied books uh, in the Bible. Uh, I know the, the Bible itself is, is, is studied. I don't know what it is now. I haven't done a late uh, update on it. But uh, up until very recently, until the last time I checked, this is still the number one seller in the world. This book right here. So as you look at uh, Revelation chapter 21, let's just start at verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. And I'd like to suggest that a possible transition takes place between verse 1 and verse 2. As John says, Then I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. And that's what we have pictured on the overhead that same uh, beautiful city is mentioned again down in verse 10. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So, apparently, from this particular passage of Scripture, it descends out of heaven from God, and somewhere above the earth, it stops. Tell you much more. Okay, it's what seems that it it, it comes out of heaven, and uh, this is this is the eternal city. By the way, it's not just a temporary place during the millennium each city, the New Jerusalem. For a long time that was a hard concept for me to get. To. We tended to think that heaven was solely somewhere way out there and uh, heaven is where he is. I'm not saying that there isn't a heaven of heavens. I'm just simply saying what makes heaven is him. And so as we think about this, there's volumes that are communicated here as we read on too, and we don't have time to, to go through all of this, but you'll see that the glory lights this place. little perspective on this is approximately 1,400 miles wide, Approximately 1,400 miles deep of its outside perimeter, so it's a square of 1,400 miles, and it's also the same in height. Now, just I did this because this is the only way I can I can deal with the immensity of this city. There isn't a city in, in mankind that's ever been that big. This is gymorphously, enormously beyond calculations, hugeness. If you separated it, the, if there if you if you put levels in it, and you did it every mile, just calculate the square footage in that place, not just the cubic footage, but just just uh, or calculate the square miles in that place. And you've got 1,400 of them to calculate. Imagine real estate in that's the case. In any way, this is what the Lord Jesus said, and I go and prepare a place for you. This, I believe, we have some indication to believe this will be the home that we will enjoy for all of eternity. He'll be there. The Father will be there. The beauty of his glory, there will be no night there. And some of you are going, oh, man, I wanted to get in a good, long nap. Isn't it, isn't it mind-boggling to think that we won't even need to sleep? Some of you are going, oh, bummer. We won't need to sleep. We won't be tired we won't be. Don't you think when he says, I go and prepare a place for you to, to load your mind with those, those pronouns that he used, the personal pronouns, I go and prepare a place for you? Man, I love my kids. And when they were young and they got to the age of understanding, they wanted some identity in their bedrooms. We wanted to make it as personal as we could so we would decorate it. Why do you think all these shows on TV are so popular of building these beautiful places? Because people like to be in an atmosphere that is uplifting and comforting. Now, I realize I'm using some human terms to try to describe a little bit of that which is other world. But the Lord is giving us enough to know that in all that he's doing, we're going to realize that, wow, this is not what I had in mind when I thought about heaven necessarily. This will be an absolutely mind-blowing, beautiful place. rivers in it, trees. I mean, just think of the, here, if this helps a little bit, that's, that, that is roughly what the, the uh, New Jerusalem's basic city limits would look like if you planted it over the United States right now. now you know what I see in that? I see bits of Colorado. I, I see some Iowa. Great Lakes. Just think of the, the enormity of this city. Now this city, I believe, this is just, uh, we also realize that as we move through the millennium and we carry out those, those opportunities that the Lord will give to be part of that government, we're reminded by Isaiah of the increase of his government, there is no end. It only gets better and better. That just amazes me. We know that there'll come a chapter in human history where indwelling sin at birth will be done. And at that time, all the effects of sin in our universe, what we call the heavens, which are the universal aspects, and the earth, will be renovated maybe for some this has been a help I hope it's been a challenge and a blessing for all but I want to just simply close with the question that a young lawyer asked the Lord one time and he simply said Lord what is the greatest command And uh, he looked at this young lawyer and he said the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. And folks, the kingdom will be about relationship. Some of you in here this morning, maybe you don't know him yet, but he sure wants you to be secure with him for all of eternity. Believe. Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. He sees you, he knows you, he loves you. He has has built a beautiful, beautiful world and for us to live in. This is a temporary place. We still have lots of things to enjoy here. But the greatest desire of the Lord is you. He wants you with him. And you can trust him right there. You don't have to do any kind of a religious thing. You can just put your trust in him right there. You can call out on the quietness of your heart and say, Lord Jesus, you know, you finally have helped me see. I just can't make myself right enough to get into heaven thank you lord jesus that you went to that cross for me my sins are gone and you can know him right now and i sure hope you'll take that opportunity as from the lord himself not me not anybody else here although we're we're praying for you and want you home safe I want to just say quickly, thank you for having me. Boy, you guys have made me feel very much at home. Maybe some of you are going, yeah, maybe a little too much. <laughs> I sure have enjoyed being with you. Well, let's pray now. Our Father, we thank you again for your great love to us. Oh, Lord, I realize I'm just a limited human being, and I pray earnestly any of the stuff that is chaff, that really doesn't have any long-term eternal weight. Father, in your breath of kindness, would you blow the chaff away? Just help us to understand that whatever your word declares, and as we look at it and search at it, that we would be willing to be directed by the Spirit of God. And Father, what it is that you have in store for us, And as we think about these different responsibilities now, we ask you, Lord, that we might just be able to drink in your great, great, intense love for us right now and tell the little tiny attorney inside of us that's always arguing the other side, as a preacher of old used to say, sit down and shut up. And Lord, help us to listen to you. Continue to give us a hunger for you. Thank you for this great work you're doing here among these precious souls that you love. We thank you, Father, and ask that you would continue that work. And as it's relevant to what has been preached and what is going to take place, Father, help those things stay in our mind. And may they lift us in the journey that we walk in the midst of a very dark and crooked and perverse world. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us as you do. And thank you, you want us by your side forever and ever. We give you honor and praise and thanks. In your holy name, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.